This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Let's prepare our hearts for the Word today. I'm going to bring you a message called Leviathan Rising. Leviathan Rising. Let's bow our heads today. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit. And thank you for what you've already accomplished here today. As the altar is absolutely filled in the earliest service today. As uh, lives are encouraged in a, to come to a new place in, this, in the second service this morning. And Lord, now we stand here before you. And we ask you, Lord, I declare your faithfulness over your word. Let it come and accomplish what you've sent it to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. While you're opening your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel, the 11th chapter, the book of Ezekiel, the 11th chapter, I'm holding something that most parents will recognize. Most of you have probably not appreciated this as, as it's gotten stuck in a new floor somewhere as it's ended up in some clothes or different places. And, and that, I get that. But here's one thing I found about this stuff I hold in my hand. It can roll somewhere, and, and, and you'll tell your kid to go clean their room, and then you find this in some strange, out-of-the-way place. And so when, he, when you dig it out, you have no clue how long it's been there. Do you know what we always do when we're uncertain how long something's been in the refrigerator or we're uncertain how long something's been up under a bed? Yeah, we kind of... That is like the dumbest thing (laughs) on the planet. Why would we do that? All right? But today, I want to tell you my favorite stage to find it. I hate when I find it and it's so hardened that you just really, I mean, you just have to toss it. But there, there, I don't really like to find it right away. I like to find it when it started hardening. When it kind of gets that, that external little crust on it. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it's just getting hardened enough. And as it's just getting hardened enough, you have to make up your mind. Am I going to be able to save this thing or not? See, I'm in the saving business. Come on, amen, all right? And and that's what I want to see if I can save what I found. And so I'm looking at it, and I I start working on it, and I start moving it around. And and the pieces of that, some of you are going, what does this have to do with God's Word? Give me time. It's worth the wait. But as I watch, as it starts mending and, and, and the breaking and that little crust that kind of comes on it, the, the, have you never done this? It starts to give way. And as the crust starts to give way, before long, underneath, you find a pliable working surface. Now, I've got to be honest with you. After I've rescued it, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to make out of it. And then I just put it back in the jar, and I'm like, okay, there it goes. We saved that one. All right? But it becomes this pliable source. 
Now, I want to take you in Ezekiel chapter 11, as I bring you this message, Leviathan Rising, to the motto scripture of our church, okay? This is the scripture that our church is founded on, where the real love now becomes a part. You see, we we believe in a real God who can really change your life. We believe that the way you're going to love God is by loving others, and we believe now's the time to engage with God and to begin to engage with others. Can I get an amen for that? And so this is the passage that where all of that comes from. In Ezekiel chapter 11, verse number 19, he says this, I will give them, speaking of the people of God, and I will give them singleness of heart, and I will put a new spirit within them. Okay, now this is so important. He says, I'm going to unify them, and then I'm going to make them new, and I'm going to put a new spirit within them. And how is he going to do that? He says, I'm going to take away that crusty, hardened heart. I'm going to find it. And I'm going to start working it. Ooh, I feel the Holy Spirit as I'm saying that to you. And I'm going to start working it, and I'm going to start breaking up that crust, and I'm going to to rescue it because let me tell you who's really in the saving business. That's Jesus Christ. Amen? And he says, I'm going to take that stony, stubborn heart, and I'm going to give them, and, and the King James says a heart of flesh, but in this translation it says a tender and responsive heart. I'm going to take a heart that, is, that, it, that has become unworkable, unpliable, that's been forgotten and rolled up, not, hasn't been tended the way it needed to be tended, hasn't been treated the way that it needs to be treated. And, and I'm supposed to preach a message here, but I feel the unction of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you today, you may feel like life has rolled you to a corner and everybody's given up on you, but you came to God's house today where God's in the saving business and God's pulling your heart out and he's wanting to work on it and he's wanting to make you whole today. He's wanting to change who you are. Somebody's like, he's going to get excited when you put a little dough in his hands to let him preach. Now, come on, amen. But I feel the Holy Spirit. And he says, and I love this, because of what I do in their heart, they will obey my decrees and regulations. See, here's the difference between relationship and religion. Relationship says, because of what you've done in me, I will honor you and I will obey your teachings and I will obey your commands. Religion says, you haven't really done anything in me, but I'm willing to follow the letter of the law until I feel like, okay, I did my part, God didn't do his part, and God's like, I've been trying to do my part, but my part doesn't start with all the stuff you think you have to clean up in your life. He said, my part starts with what I want to do in your life and how I want to take a heart that's unresponsive and turn it back to God. Wow. He said, then they will be truly known as my people, and I will be their God. And I think this is so important. But as for those who long for, and this version says vile images, but detestable idols, they long for sin, he says, I will pay them fully for their sins, for I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. He says, look, you got a, you got a choice here. Either let me work your heart into what I want it to be so you can start doing what you really need to do, or you're going to follow some commandments of the law, and then on the other side of that, you're going to keep doing the wrong because sometimes, and listen to me carefully, you can try to do everything right and still not win. It's because your confidence is in the wrong place. Your confidence is on your perfection and not in His. My confidence is not in my perfection because I realized a long time ago that my heart needs work. My confidence 
is in the blood of Jesus Christ and in Christ alone because Christ is our only hope. Jesus is the only hope we have to overcome generations of problems and generations of struggles and things that have set us off track for our whole life. Jesus is our only hope. Let me just say that again. I'll say it kind of like a preacher for you because maybe you'll get with it a little bit. I said Jesus is our only hope. He's the only hope we have to overcome. Can I get an amen for that? See, y'all not responding when I'm being quieter and nice, so... But listen to me. You don't realize when your heart becomes hard how it affects others around you. And I think one of the best examples of this is out of the book of Job. And it's Job chapter 41, verse number 22. Here's what it says. It's, it's about this creature called Leviathan. Okay, Leviathan. And so this is what we hear. It says, the tremendous strength in Leviathan's neck strikes terror wherever it goes. He says, all right, there's this tank-like creature, this, 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 this dinosaur creature, all right, that, that is so strong, it's armor-plated, and, and its flesh is hard and firm and cannot be penetrated. He's saying that this creature is so amazing that it cannot be stopped by man's normal means. Watch this now. And it says this, its heart is as hard as a rock, hard as a millstone. It's important to notice that because when it rises, the mighty are afraid and are gripped by terror. Now, we understand that the description of its natural defenses are probably accurate. But then the writer takes a figurative description when he says that its heart is hard like stone because we understand that a heart has to pump for blood to go through it. So if the heart were actually stone, the animal would be dead. But what we're seeing here is a description of the animal, that the animal is so vile in its thirst for revenge, that the animal is so set in its ways, that everybody who meets it, listen to me, I'm speaking to somebody some truth you need to get today, everybody who meets this hard-hearted creature runs in terror. I mean, that's a, that's a really amazing creature, that armies back up, people flee. Watch this, though. Here's the definition of a heart of stone. A heart of stone is defined as a very cold, an unfeeling nature, as in you'll get no sympathy from her. You see, because she has a heart of stone. What we're really describing here in this passage is that life wants to take your heart and allow it to become so wounded and so bitter and hold all kinds of offenses. Well, who said this and who did this and how did you wrong me and how have I wronged you? And we're judging against each other. Could you just say a powerful word with me? You ready for this? Say this word with me. Metal. Metal. All right, I will. <laughs> I want to meddle in your life for just a moment. If the way you see, when you set your face, when you see that you're walking in the elevator with certain people at work, it'll tell you whether or not your heart is hard. Preaching truth. If... Your spouse and you are keeping up 
a mental log to see who has wronged each other more, to see who has the upper hand, your heart is hardened. And there's a problem. There's a problem because we're allowing the enemy to change who we are. Now listen to me very carefully. No one is born with a cold heart. No one is born with a hard heart. You watch that baby. Somebody will pick up that baby, and sometimes it does miracles watching somebody pick up a baby, but that baby will reach out, and you're, you're looking over there, you're thinking, there's nobody, no way in the world I'd let that person hold my baby, but that baby is being held, and it's loving and laughing, and, 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 and that person who seems so hard, it'll even begin to melt their heart. You see, that child is born with an unhardened heart, and because its heart has not been hardened through life yet, it has a powerful effect on someone who has a hard heart. Am I preaching truth to you today? This is truth. But here's the problem. Human nature starts revealing itself in that heart. Remember the title of this message, Leviathan Rising? See, inside of all of us, there's a Leviathan that wants to cause everybody to be afraid of dealing with us because if you cross me, I will teach you better. Just give me a couple more amens. Okay, because I thought we needed that. So here's the problem. We allow Leviathan to begin to change who we are. And that child is born sweet, cuddly, and everything's beautiful. But somewhere Leviathan begins to rise inside that child, and they hit two. Come on now. They hit two. And I'm living with a two-year-old right now. And it wasn't too long ago, that two-year-old and I, we had, we had a moment, a stalemate. <laughs> and I realized that, that grandfather's influences flow all the way down. Come on now, I was like, whew, I may have met my match. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. But in that moment, I saw strongholds from my own life that were starting to rise in his life. And Leviathan wants to creep into generations of your family, and it will if you allow your heart to go hard. See, the Bible warns us in Psalms 95, here's what God said to us about this. He said in the 7th and 8th verse, He said these words, He said, For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the sheep of His pasture, and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear His voice, this is what God's saying to you, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your heart. Don't do what you used to do in the time of rebellion, Scripture says, when you were in the days of the wilderness. Guard your hearts. Because when you start allowing your heart to be hardened. You're going, Pastor Don, I don't want my heart to get hardened. Well, let me tell you, one, when this slips away and becomes untended, it becomes hard. But another thing that hardens your heart, are you ready for this? Another thing that hardens your heart is when you read the Word and the Word of God tells you to do something and you go, mm, nah, I'm not ready for that. Your heart starts getting harder. The Word of God says, in order to forgive that you must forgive, 
You must be forgiven. You have to forgive. So what do you do? You go, oh, I'll just deal with this a little bit longer. I can live with this a little longer. And before long, your heart gets harder. And you struggle more. I'm preaching truth today. You see, life throws you lots of things. Or you hear a sermon and you know God's talking to you. When you don't listen, it's a little harder. We must choose not to harden our hearts. We must make the decision, I'm not going to harden my heart. Why? Because a hardened heart will reject God's Word. A hardened heart doesn't allow me to begin to live who God wants me to be and become who God wants me to be. You see, because of something in my life, I don't want to give God a part of my life to work in. And because I don't want to give God that part of my life, you better watch it because you'll allow a part of your heart to get hardened. And then somebody in your, in your family, like your spouse, touches that part of your heart. And you, you'd be amazed how much, how much lava of vileness will spew out on them. Well, don't go there. And it's usually because somebody else did you wrong there. And you go, whoa, 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 don't push that button. I'm preaching truth. I, I, last week I showed you some of the coolest things I've ever showed you in Scripture, and I know it was God. And the week before I was preaching my heart out, and I know it was God, but I know this is God. Because it'll save you if you guard your hearts. You see, the thing that wants to harden your heart more than anything, and listen to me carefully, is offense is when you allow someone that when they've hurt you, you allow it to begin to fester in your life. I want to put this up on the screen because I want you to see this. When you choose to hold on to the offense of your past, what you're doing is choosing to imprison your heart to the moment of the offense. Preaching truth to you. See, what happens is this. When you don't forgive and you don't let God work on your heart and all of a sudden somebody accidentally pushes on that or does something, what it does, and I'm preaching, listen to this, what it does is because you haven't let God begin to heal that and soften that, what it does is it allows you to experience that pain over and over and over again. On my right arm, I have scars from 42 stitches. I am scarred and will be scarred for my whole life. My arm went through uh, some glass. It opened my arm wide open. I will always bear scars. You see, that's the problem. Most of us think that somehow we won't bear scars anymore. You always will have the scars. But it's whether or not you let God heal who you are. It's a healed wound. It feels different. I can still, when I touched it right there, I can still feel that, that there's something had happened to me. I can still feel that I went through some pain. I can still feel that, there, that I, I ran into a tragedy there. I can still feel that. See, I'm not telling you that you're ever going to forget what that person did to you. But what I'm trying to tell you is, if you'll let God work on you and work inside of you and let him change who you are, you will not have to live in a place where you keep living it over and over and over and over again. Yes, sometimes something's going to brush up against it. But you know what you're going to be able to say? Yeah, I was wounded there. But thanks be to God, now I'm healed because God has healed who I am. 
See, offense is sent by the enemy to paralyze your future. He doesn't want you to be able to move forward. And we've all experienced that. Some of us lived it, and some of us have met people who, and we're like, come on, come on, move forward. Can I tell you, and I don't really want to sing the song, but you gotta, you got to make a choice sometime. you got to make a choice that you're either going to hold on to the pain and let it harden your heart, or you're going to let it go. God help us all. Let it go. You've got to let it go. You go, Pastor Don, it's not that easy. You know what? It's not easy. It's not easy to let it go when it's been the coat that you have worn for your whole life of shame. I, because, and I'm just gonna, I don't know why I feel to go this way, but somebody came into your room and abused you or molested you or did something like that to you, and you wore that coat of being a, a wounded victim, and a, you've worn that coat of shame, and, and maybe it even caused you to make bad decisions sexually in your own life, and you've worn that coat for far so long, you're afraid of what you'll look like if you take that coat off. And the enemy has you bound to that pain of your past. And what God's wanting to do is to say, I didn't create you to wear a coat of shame. I made you for robes of righteousness. And I, I want to make you and bring you to a better place. And to do that, you've got to say, I'll always be scarred, but blessed be to God. I'll be dancing with my scars. I'll be shouting instead of my pain because my God has taken a heart that thought it could love nobody. And he has it beating again. Preaching truth to you today. You see, but Pastor John, I, I can't let it go. Well, here's the problem. You can't just go, boop, I'm done. But what you can do is say, Jesus, I'm yours. And when you are in Christ, your past and past offenses have no lordship over your future anymore. When you are in Jesus Christ, who you are in Christ you are released, you are delivered, you are set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. Wow. God's speaking to us today. God's speaking to our hearts. You see, you have to choose to move forward in Christ. You have to make up your mind. You go, Pastor Don, I'm afraid I'll fail again. Well, it's sort of like this. How many of you know how you start every diet? Somebody's like, don't look at me. I don't need a diet. I'm looking at, I'm preaching to the balcony here. How do you start every diet? With one last hurrah. <laughs> Come on now. You're like, I'm just going to eat these brownies and then I'm starting. <laughs> See, the problem is most of us want to be free in Christ, but I just got to go back to that problem one more time. I just need to remember so I'll never forget the pain that I was caused. But instead of going back one more time, I've made up my mind that even though I may not win every time I get up, I'm still going to get up. And I'm still going to step in the right direction. And I'm going to choose to believe God's Word and release the past. And I'm going to move forward. I'm going to give you in closing today what I feel is the best way to change your heart. Now, when you let go of offense and you stop, you stop ignoring God's Word, your heart's going to begin to work. But here's what's going to break it up when you feel like nothing else will break it up. Are you ready for this? Do you know that 
Anybody like a good medical drama? Does anybody, just be honest with anybody, some of you are ashamed to say it. I like watching medical dramas. My wife likes to watch actual medical emergency shows. And I'm like, I don't want to see that. I have to go to emergency rooms with people. I don't want to, ooh. But I like the, the medical drama moment, you know, where they're laying on the table and, and, and you know, the, the surgeons are all sitting around talking. All of a sudden, the person starts dying. and you, you, know, you know what I mean? And I love that moment. And then you hear, beep, and you're just waiting for the, you know, beep, I'm, you know, they're probably dead the way I'm doing it, but you know what I'm saying. How many, how many of you remember the two banners we used to have that said Real Love Now had the echocardiogram on it? Remember those? Yeah, I always loved them. thought they were absolutely beautiful. So we had a doctor in our church, and, and that doctor always says to me, he's like, he's like, those are great. I understand your point, but that echocardiogram means they're dead. <laughs> but that beep, let me tell you the problem. I, I love those moments. I love them. But now that Christina's practicing medicine, I can't enjoy those moments anymore. Because you know the moment they're like, give me two shots of Epi, give me, you know, you know what I'm saying? And, and she's always like, that would kill them. I'm like, be quiet, watch the show. She's like, charge it to such and such. She's like, that fry their brain. I'm like, I just want to hear, beep, 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 beep. I mean, you know what I'm talking, right? Yeah. I'm like, just be quiet. You cannot speak. That's why she tells me we watch your murder mystery because I can tell you in the first two minutes who did it. And she's like, don't speak. Because I long for the moment of beep, beep, watching them come alive again. That's what I long for in God's house. Watching people come into this place or beep, Do you know what breaks up a hardened heart better than anything? Worship. Your worship will make you well. If when you came into this house this morning and the worship began and you just went, well, I'm a sinner. I'm talking to you. If you came into this house this morning and you said, well, you don't know what I've been through. I'm talking to you. You've got to stop what's wrong in your life from keeping you from focusing on what's right about our God. So I invite you, stand with me now. Because worship starts a heart beating again. Worship that takes a voice that has been quieted for far too long, that takes a heart that is literally strangled by Leviathan and all of a sudden worship but every head bowed every eye closed for just a moment in this place Pastor Don I know exactly what you're talking about because Leviathan has been rising in my heart I've got pain and I need God to help me forgive and I need to be forgiven that's see you I want to see your hand right where you are can you hear that the heart is beeping again oh holy ghost of the living God alright put those hands down I'm about to pray for you 
Somebody you know when you walked in this building, it was flatlined. Your heart is so hardened by pain, so hardened by sin, that you literally are just a flatline. You've either never given your life to Jesus Christ or you've not been living as a child of the King. And today you want to know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You may be watching, you may be listening, or you may be present. But this is the moment. This is the time. Can you hear it? I hear an echo of hearts are coming alive already in this place. If that's you, this is your moment. This is your time. Today's your day. You want to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now. I'm going to pray with you right where you are, but I want to see your hand as quickly as possible. If that's you, today you want to settle it. You're ready for your heart to beat again. Hand up in the air as quick as, quick as you can. One, thank you. Are there others today that will respond with this one? Today's your day. Hold them up high. Hold them up high. I want to see you right where you are. Two, thank you. Are there others? This is it. Three, thank you. Are there others? Four, thank you. Are there others? Quickly, this is your moment. This is your time. This is it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that if we will confess Jesus Christ with our mouth and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be born again, confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord and receiving that resurrection power into our lives. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I can hear. Can you hear that echo of become... I feel it right now in this place. Right now. People are coming alive in Jesus Christ right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's confess Christ together with these. As they believe by faith with their point of declaration, they will be born again. Come on, everybody together. Jesus, by faith, I confess I am a sinner in need of a Savior. From this moment forward, I receive your grace I declare Jesus Christ is my Lord and I receive him as my Savior and from this moment forward God is my Father heaven is my home I am born again in Jesus name Father God I thank you for those that have prayed that sum for the very first time today Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing now as they're coming alive. And as people have raised their hand, Lord, I hear it. I hear it. I hear the echo. I hear it. Their hearts beginning to beat again. Worship is erupting from their lives. For, Father, you are the one. It said you would take hearts of stone and you would turn them to hearts of flesh. Heal their families. Heal their marriages. Heal their relationships. And heal our church. Heal our community. Heal our nation. And may the glory of the Lord cover the earth. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. Come on, give God one more praise today. Amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now. Thank you.